2: Welcome back to our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. We are live from Acme Oyster House, 3535 Perkins Road here in Baton Rouge. I'd like to tell you along with Herb Tyler. And uh, our program is presented by Map Construction. Map Built, Build Beyond. Come on by and visit us at acme mandate you surrounded by televisions great food we got a, a lot of people here right before the game also got great uh, drink specials uh, before you uh, head on out to the ball game if you want to watch it here again you can catch all the action you're surrounded by televisions here and also great food great, uh, food. great hospitality we appreciate acme oyster house for uh, having us here each and every pregame show Heard one of the things tonight, uh, I, I certainly want to see if the precision in passing, it, it cannot be any better than it was <laughs> last week. Right. I mean, come on. I mean, you, you're talking about uh, that's on a level way beyond uh, what we used to seeing, even in this pitch and catch world, to see what Jaden Daniels did. And we ain't getting no more calls about it. he got to be pulled uh, for Doug Nussmeier. <laughs> you know, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, should say. Right. Doug's his dad. Right. Uh, about he got to be pulled. We ain't getting no more of them phone calls after no. what happened last Saturday. Him and Malik really teamed up well. But I-, I think it's now time for some of the other receivers, too. And while Malik is always going to be the main guy, we want to see some growth, too, from the Kyron Lacy's, the Chris Hiltons of the world, uh, Brian Thomas, those guys to step up their game because eventually yeah. you're going to play a team that Mississippi State didn't do it, and I'm still shocked. They didn't bracket, they didn't bracket uh, Malik Neighbors at all. Now, I wonder if they'll do that tonight with Moody uh, McLaughlin, who is a real—he's a good cover corner, but do they bring that safety to that side? Because if you do, next, first time I see that safety roll to his side of the field,
3: yeah. I'm running the ball. That's right. That's right. So last week, Jaden right. went 30 of 34. I mean, you couldn't get any better than that. He was over 300 yards passing. Um, And, you know, when you talk about the receivers, you got Malik Neighbors, who's got 24 receptions for 393 yards. Brian Thomas Jr. with 20 receptions for 280 yards. After that, it drops off significantly. The next person with the the third most catches is six catches for Kyron Lacey. So you have to find a way to be able to spread that football around to some of these guys. Like you said, Lacey Hilton, um, you know, any of those guys, they have to start coming, you know, coming of age, if you will. And then with Mason Taylor being out last week, I think that kind of hurt a little bit, not being able to get him the ball. Hopefully he'll be able to play this week. I know it's probable, but we'll see whether or not he gets on the field. Now, how do we utilize these backs out of the backfield also is That's uh, why I think Logan special.
2: Diggs, I think, could make a big contribution to yeah. this team, his ability to catch the football. Right but now he's
3: got four catches, 48 yards, and I think that that can double – tonight if you give them some opportunities whether it's screen plays whether it's like back out the backfield with with dart routes or things of that nature I think that's something that we have not seen from the LSU um this year of course maybe a little bit last year but not as a not, not like what we saw you with know Clyde the last McQueen. time
2: we've seen it Clyde Edwards O'Leary 2019 right. that's, the, that's last the last time we saw it that's LSU right. really used the back coming up you no know, catch your football well I saw him in high school I know he can catch it now nah. Just
3: hope he can hang on to it because sometimes he swings that ball around a little bit. John Emory. John Emory. John can catch it. Well, you know, the thing about John is they got to give him an opportunity to be on the field, first of all, right? So he's on the field maybe, what, uh, I don't know how many plays he played last week. I mean, he's, he's got one carry for negative three yards on the season. So that tells me he's not playing at all. He's not on the field. But, you know, you got to create packages for someone like that. In my opinion, you got, you need to have five or six plays specific to what John Emory's strengths are and allow him the opportunity to do it. When he gets on the field, the ball's going to him. Just kind of like the Saints does with Taysom. When Taysom's in the backfield and he's that quarterback, he's going to run that sucker. Gonna, last week they They're did throw a one not fooling nobody. Last not week they did nobody. throw the ball a couple of times, but that's it, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, okay, so I'm looking forward to that. But you're right, though. The Some of these receivers have to step up and and, and, and show what they can do, and I think they can, but... I just don't know if you had the opportunity. Now, last week was special. Neighbors, you know, th- he was just the guy, and it was his time to shine. And I thought that was a really great opportunity for him. So, you're right. There's no one saying Jaden Daniels needs to be pulled because, you know, I mean, let's look at his stats real quickly. You know, 70 of 95 for 976 yards, 73.7% completion rate of <laughs> uh, percentage, you can't get better than that. I mean, it's going to be tough to say. And it's Who's rushing the next yards. Guy? No, that's just passing. I'm just staying with passing right <laughs> yeah. quick. And he got eight touchdowns, one intercept. That one intercept, the receiver fell down. Yep. Um, that, so it wasn't his fault. So in my mind, he doesn't have any interceptions that was but due to his You sound like fault. Bobby more and more with that. They, <laughs> well, they ought to have a category hey, hey, of an error. Error. Football uh, exactly. error. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't his fault. He can't, you know, hey, he put the ball. It was time and route. He threw the ball on time. Receiver fell down. If he stood up, it would have been a catch and not an intercept. So his overall rating is 185.7 rating. And then if you go to the next category, rushing, He's the leading Russia. Now he's the leading rusher by one yard, but he's still the leading rusher. Yeah. He's got 35 rushes for 105 yards with two touchdowns. So and Logan Diggs is right behind him with 24 rushes for 156. And I think that's coming up on the, the guy that's gonna be coming up on all of them is gonna be Caleb Jackson Ooh, once they start letting him play. We, we saw him last week. And we saw a little taste Man, of what he can do. And he, we haven't even seen him break out yet. He, he trucked that poor guy. And he and and he's,
2: he's, Preston, and he's from my neck of the woods. Yeah. He, he played at St. James. And, uh, you know, he's got a brother that's a wide receiver at Alabama. And uh, his dad, longtime coach in the area. So, man, uh, it was um, – he he showed some physicality there. Out into the open field. But I've seen that before. And, man, when he squares those shoulders up, (laughs) Herb, you better get ready. Because my comp to him is Zach Charbonnet. Mm-hmm. When I saw him play at UCLA and I saw Caleb play in high school, they have the same start of rushing style. And when they square the shoulders up, power turns into speed. He run over you and then he runs past you.
3: Yeah, and he can do that for sure. He's got all that, the power, the speed. He's got the looks, but he also has the inexperience and the, uh, the innocence of playing in major college football right now because just after he trucked that one guy, he just kinda looked at him and then there was another guy that came and trucked him and he got knocked out of bounds. So it's like you you gotta keep going. After you make that hit, you keep on keep those legs laser turning. So but um it's interesting and it's gonna be fun to watch this young kid grow up right before our eyes. And I think you're gonna see a lot more of him today in every game moving forward. So I'm really impressed that uh, Frank R- Wilson has seen but it's kind of blatant, has seen that this guy is at a position where he can be a really effective um, player for us right now moving forward. And I'm, I just can't wait to see what he can do when he's actually has and understands the full caliber of this offense.
2: Herb, I think one of the things for LSU fans, they know this team can throw the football. Yes. They want to see consistency with the running game yes. up front, and, and that's, first and foremost, you got to win the battle up front. you got to win it. But also with the backs. I don't care if it's Logan Diggs, yep. if it's Josh, if it's John Emery, if it's Caleb, if it's Noah Kane, you name them. That more consistency in the run game because you're going to have to need the running game when you need to run the ball and have to run the football.
3: You know, it's, it's one of those things where, because – when you get down in the, in 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 you know, from the five on end to the end zone, sometimes you just got to line up and yeah. you got to put a guy in the backfield and say, I want you to run through these guys, right? Which we tried to do against Florida State and could mm. not. And they made us look miserable. But I also think that we didn't have the right guys out there. We didn't have, I agree with that. you know what I'm saying? We we didn't. You didn't have Caleb Jackson or Logan Diggs out there trying to make that happen like that. And so... I think that was a a coaching snafu, if you will. But they've learned from that, and they're not going to not have that situation again. And I think that uh, what they're going to be doing is they're going to make sure that they have all the right people in the right places at the right time performing the right um, plays so that they can be successful because I think that they learned from that game against Florida State, and I don't think we should not ever see them coach in that same manner again. We'll be back with our eyes on the
2: opponent Segment and there'll be Curtis Wilkerson who covers Arkansas for the hogsports.com. Herb and I are at Acme Oyster House, 3535 Perkins Road. Come on by and visit us. Great food, great fun, tremendous drink specials, and you are surrounded by televisions. And what was funny. Everybody's listening to us, mm-hmm. but when Oregon and Colorado popped up on TV after Florida State beat Clemson, everybody's head sort of turned that way. Yep. You know they they to they wanted to watch Colorado and Prime. So come on out and visit us. We'll be back with more of our Gold Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show right after this break here on the Big Eight Seventy WWL.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy
2: we're at Acme Oyster House, 3535 Perkins Road here in Baton Rouge. Come on by and visit us. Man, we we real close to the stadium, so yeah. <laughs> it is a short ride. Come on out and uh, grab you a bite to eat. And get drink specials here. If you're not going to the game, you're surrounded by televisions. Great food, great fun. So come on out and visit us here at Acme Oyster House. Got a great crowd here already. <laughs> On our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line for our eyes on the Tigers segment is uh, Curtis Wilkerson, who covers Arkansas for the hogsports.com. Curtis, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. First question with you uh, about would be about Raheem Sanders. Uh, uh, it sounded from coach that he was not going to play today. Um any news on if Rocket Sanders is going to be a go for today or is he going to be a scratch?
4: Yeah, well, first of all, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's, it's good to join you today. And yeah, that's kind of the million dollar question with Arkansas right now. You know, Raheem Sanders, Rocket, as they like to call him, is uh, always such a big part to that offense. The rushing attack for the Razorbacks has been, you know, one of the best in the country the last couple of years. He's obviously a big part of that. Uh, has missed the last two games. And, and, you know, he returned to practice this week. Maybe he was able to be out there Monday and Tuesday. Uh, but, boy, he really didn't look like a guy that was preparing to play. You know, they had him out there doing some limited reps. He was obviously non-contact. Uh, seemed to me early in the week that he might be a guy that, that's a week away from playing. Um, okay. I don't think he's officially been ruled out just yet. But I would be surprised if we saw much if any of Rocket Sanders tonight at LSU.
3: Okay. Herb, how does Coach Pittman get these guys up from a disappointing loss last week against BYU to coming to Tiger Stadium, playing on a Saturday night under the lights? And uh, and, and, uh, and right now, in my opinion, a red-hot LSU team coming in from last week. How does Coach Pittman get these guys up and ready to play? Well, it's a big
4: challenge for him. You know, a, a couple of weeks ago, Arkansas played Kent State at, at home, and, you know, that was a game that they probably— uh, should have won very, very handedly, but they uh, they looked a little flat in that game and, and hit some speed bumps there. And they won comfortably, 28 to six. It was never really in question, uh, but you could tell they weren't quite up for it. And you know, so the week leading up to that BYU game at home last week. Uh, Boy, you heard them say all the right things. You know, that the vibe was different, that it it felt right, that they were laser focused. uh, And then came out there and just had a really sloppy performance in front of a big crowd at home and and wound up losing that game uh, to BYU. So, you know, we've heard the same things this week, that they wiped the slate clean. They know that uh, this is a a big game. It's a trophy game. They take those seriously. They want to bring that boot back to Fayetteville and and obviously get off to a good start. Uh, in SEC plays, so they have every reason to go down to Baton Rouge and, and be a motivated ball club. They're saying the right things, uh, but they've got to go down there and look the parts. So I, I think, you know, for a lot of Ridgeback fans right now, they'll they'll probably believe it when they see it.
2: Curtis, uh, man, one guy I really like. Coach O brought him in, and, and that was Landon Jackson defensive end. He came in here. Yeah. Man, he was a tall drink of water. Uh, <laughs> I think his second number was a three when he got here. And then he hurts his knee. Um, I think he was not real happy maybe how things were progressing. And he decides to transfer to Arkansas. He's been, turned out to be a really good football player for you guys. But he's also not the 230-pound guy anymore. Uh, I've seen him in the in the uniform, and he, he's got a little bit of more meat on the bone, so to speak.
4: Yeah, 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 that that might be an understatement, man. It's it's really been impressive to see him develop. You know, when he transferred to Arkansas, he was still, you know, kind of recovering from that knee injury, and and you could kind of see uh, the lights come on for him throughout the course of last season. You know, as, as the year progressed, he started making more and more of an impact. Uh, but he was playing a little bit light there at, at defensive end. And, uh, man, he's just been a, an animal, you know. Throughout the course of this off season, he's gained over 40 pounds since the end of last season. It, it's it's incredible. Wow. He's up to around 280 now. And you mentioned it. Uh, he's a big boy at at six foot seven. So uh, he's been kind of a revelation for Arkansas on that defensive line. That might be the strength of the team right now. Uh, really good coming off the edge. I mean, he's a he's a quick switch guy at that size and. He's been able to get in the backfield and disrupt some things, and it's interesting. You'll see in some third-down packages where they will actually send him inside uh, and have him mm-hmm. playing some defensive tackle on the interior as well. So he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades up front for Arkansas. Uh, really, really nice addition for them out of the field.
3: Last week, Arkansas struggled a little bit, well, a lot a bit, on the offensive line, um, and they kind of have been struggling as of late here throughout this season, or it's early, you know, first half of the season, if you will. How does Coach Pittman get these guys to change their mindset, their focus, or, or they're just they're straight, you know, just physically, and then, also, is KJ Jefferson comfortable in this new offense? He's got some really good stats. His stats look, look fairly well, but it's just it, it almost seems as if it's not clicking quite like that. So, is is KJ does KJ really like this new offense, if you will, and then how can Coach Pittman get this offensive line back on track?
4: Yeah, those are, those are a couple of really good observations. You know, with the offensive line first, I, I think if anybody can get it figured out, it, it should be Sam Pittman. I mean, he's got 30 years of, of background as an offensive line coach. And, uh, you know, they've got a couple of nice anchors there, guys who are, you know, multi, multi-year starters. And Brady Latham and Bo Limmer uh, at, at guard and center, respectively. Uh, but part of the issue for them is, has been a lack of continuity. They had some injuries throughout camp. They've had to shuffle some things around. Uh, and then they're young at the tackle spots. And they've got a, a redshirt freshman and a, and a mm-hmm. sophomore at the tackle spots. Guys who are incredibly talented. You know how it is over at LSU, you had that last year. Yeah. Uh, and so they're kind of getting their feet wet. You know, I think these guys are going to be really good for them at some point. Uh, but boy, it's kind of baptism by fire right now. So we'll see how that progresses. And with KJ, uh, I think you nailed it. I, I think there's a little bit of an adjustment period. He's trying to work out the kinks in this new offense and get comfortable. Uh, but, because you're right. You know, the thing that makes Eckerson so special is you know, he's, a, he's a big quarterback. He's got a big arm. He likes to take shots down the field. He can improvise and create with his legs. He's at his best uh, when he's not thinking and he's just doing. And I think what you're seeing with KJ Jefferson right now is he's thinking a little bit too much in this offense, going through his progressions, his reads, and he has to be able to do that. Uh, but when it becomes second nature, that's when he's really dangerous. And I, I think that's mm. kind of why this Richmond mm. offense has been stuck in first gear so far.
2: Curtis, uh, everybody saw what happened last week with Malik Neighbors. But I would expect they're going to have Moody McLaughlin on him most times uh, unless they're going to double team him. Uh, (laughs) Mississippi State didn't even bracket him last week. I mean, it was one-on-one. My thing (laughs) is, man, you you can't leave that corner out there. He's going to get burnt. Uh, I I think that's a great matchup to watch. Both sort of know one another a little bit because Moody was here uh, at Mm -hmm. LSU, and he was a good corner here. Now again, sometimes his play was a little erratic, but I think he's matured uh, from his days uh, at LSU. But that's a matchup I want to watch because everybody's eyes were glued on Malik last week, and Jade made some throws. He was just dropping the ball in the bucket uh, to him. So McLaughlin versus Neighbors tonight.
4: Yeah, that's that's going to be a, a really really fun matchup to watch. And you're right, <laughs> Newty's come a long way, man. He he definitely has, and kind of emerged as a leader on this defense. Uh, you know, an All-SEC caliber corner for Arkansas, and he's you know he's really made an impact already this year. He had an interception in the first game. He forced a fumble last week. He's been disruptive on the back end, uh, but he has been a little bit banged up. He's been dealing with a turf toe injury. You know, he only played oh. one snap a couple weeks ago against Kent State. Uh, They didn't start him against BYU, but they got him in there. He wound up playing most of the game. So that's something to keep an eye on. You know, Sam Pittman said this is probably as close to 100% as he's been all season. They're going to need that to hold true because obviously he's got his work cut out for him. Uh, But you're right. I I think it's got to be a team effort against neighbors. I mean, what he did last weekend. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. It was absurd. So he's going to have, to have some help there over the top. I, I think one guy that could help him out uh, is, is Hudson Clark on the back end. He's you know, a redshirt senior, a guy who would to walk on to a scholarship player, uh, but he's a really high IQ guy for Arkansas. He's played corner for a couple of years. Uh, he's played nickel. He's spent a lot of time at safety the past couple of seasons. He's kind of a rover for that defense. Really good eye for the ball. He's kind of a ball hawk. And I think he's going to be a guy that will give him some help there on the back end. They're going to need it.
2: What, what is the mood in Arkansas? Because I, I gather there's disappointment. Uh, you know, you, you get beat by BYU on your turf. Uh, and you can start to hear a little bit, you know, that man, some disgruntlement here of what's happened here. Our strength is really now our weakness offensive line play. Defensive line has played pretty well and really gotten a good pass rush on. No matter who they played, they've gotten a pretty good rush. Onto the thing, your star players missed a couple games and maybe a third game. K.J. Jefferson, to me, this adjustment to a new scheme, what? Uh, <laughs> you adjust to K.J. That's and, right. uh, I, That's I, don't, right. I don't get this madness of you trying to put the square peg in the round hole. It don't work <laughs> that way. And I do think um, maybe, maybe it's not. To me, K.J. Jefferson looks like he's banged up a little bit.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, man, we 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 gotta get you guys down here and, and start talking on the Fayetteville it beat a little bit because you're you're nailing it. I mean you're <laughs> you're spot on <laughs> it's unreal. I mean when you when you got a guy uh, that, that can be a, a game changer, a difference maker, somebody who can take over and, and put you on their back and go win a game for you. Uh, but, man, if things aren't working, you got to tailor things to his strengths. And that's one thing I wonder, you know, if we're going to see that a little bit more this week, some more design runs. Are they going to start, you know, moving the pocket and getting him out on the move a little bit? you got to do some things there because he's not a guy who's just going to be able to sit back there and, and stand in the pocket uh, and look to take his shots. It's not his game. It's not what he does well. So, Uh, Yeah, and I think that's part of the frustration from from Razorback fans right now because the defense was such a weakness for Arkansas last year. changed coordinators, and and they've really looked much improved so far this year. And then the offense that carried you last year, you got a lot of pieces back. Uh, And, boy, it's really been a struggle so far. And, you know, you mentioned that BYU game. Uh, You would like to be to a point as a program where you just don't lose to a BYU at home, and that's no knock against them. I thought they played really well. But you want to be to a point as a program where you win those games, uh, and it's also the way that it went down. You know, it just things yeah. that you shouldn't have going on at year four uh, under Sam Pittman with the offensive line struggles, the missed assignments, some uncharacteristic turnovers, and then 14 penalties for 125 yards. You're not going to beat <laughs> anybody with 14 penalties, especially on the road. No. you got to clean that up.
2: Curtis, thanks so much for joining us. Man, we really appreciate it. Great insights on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Yeah. And, uh, man, uh, if they had problems getting the snap-off and all these pre-snap penalties and jumping off sides and everything at home, man, they're going to hear an earful tonight when they get in Tiger Stadium. Uh, it's going to be really, really loud there. So it'll be interesting to see how that young offensive line will hold up against a rowdy crowd. And I think a young defensive line for LSU, I think, is fixing to, to break out and we all know about the game changer from last year with Harold Perkins. My God, uh, you couldn't really script up a better game than what he played against Arkansas last year. Curtis, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it, buddy.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. You guys have a good one. Thank you. That
2: Thank was you, Curtis. Curtis Wilkerson, who covers Arkansas for the hogsports.com. We'll be back with more of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. We're live at Acme Oyster House, 3535 Perkins Road here in Baton Rouge. Come on by and visit us. Great food, great drink specials. Surrounded by TVs and Ole Miss 7, Alabama 6. Man, and this is the type of game Lane wanted to play <laughs> uh, against his old boss. So we'll see how this sort of drags Lane, out a little. Lane's got something for Nick today. Ooh, I see, does I does feel- he? Uh, I think he'd like to. Get a W with that. We'll be back with more of our Gulf Coast Bank and Taurus Tiger Tailgate show right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
2: We're back here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. Might to tell you along with Herb Tyler. We're at uh, Acme Oyster House, 3535 Perkins Road here in Baton Rouge. Come on by and visit us. Also want to thank Map Construction uh, for being our presenting sponsor here, and we appreciate everything that they do in the community and also uh, sponsoring this show. Want to tell everybody again, uh, Ole Miss 7-6, over Alabama, we knew this was going to be a close, close game, a tight football game. Alabama gets down inside the ten, and then they got a bad snap. Yeah, that, that Milroe's got to go chase down uh, out in the open field, and, um, and this this uh, is deep into
3: the second quarter
2: as yeah, well. Yeah, and so you know, with Milroe, you went through a couple other guys; they they weren't very good. No, uh, yeah, okay, you beat. A Central Florida team, uh, South Florida, I should say. South they, Florida. Yeah, yeah. They, they, South Florida wasn't very good either. Uh, but had you played other teams, that would have been an L on that board. Uh, now, defensively, uh, Alabama doesn't have a, a Will Anderson Jr. and uh, Brian Branch, who I think is a big loss, because he was their nickel mm-hmm. corner, also played safety. But he was an extension of Nick. He was calling the plays in the secondary, and that's Nick's wheelhouse. And – I've never seen Alabama's offensive line this poor. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're getting pressure all the time, and especially the the running backs and the tight ends uh, are are not picking up people, and you're getting running backs and quarterbacks tackled in the backfield. So,
3: uh, man. uh, You you know, the one thing that Nick Saban would always say is that, um, you know, it takes everything in him every year and the, the, the people that surround them, the support staff and everybody else, and the players to be excellent on a year-to-year basis. And so this year tells you exactly that they're not excellent. So how can they get to that point? And what is he going to do about it, right? So he don't have the players. It's pretty obvious. The players are not there in the locker room. But they got some players that can make some good plays and they can do, you know, become what they think they want to become for this team. They're not going to be the Alabama of old where they had five first-round receivers going out every year, you know. And and uh, and you look at the at Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, and Sunday Night Football, and you see Alabama starting quarterbacks everywhere, and then you see their receivers everywhere as well. You're not these. This team doesn't have that, but. See, Herb. That's why I don't ever believe in next man up. No, tell me who the next man is, and then we solve the problem. That's what he talks about. He talks about you know they're not the the first team guy is probably two steps ahead of the second team guy, (laughs) and that makes sense. But you know this is where we are now. We're seeing that the tide is shifting. (laughs) Not no pun intended. You got the Georgia's not as the same Georgia as they were. You got some. You got the Pac Pac twelve. Who's got probably four or five Heisman hopefuls at quarterback playing out there. So that's pretty interesting that what we're gonna see about how, how that goes. But then you got a sneaky, really good team like LSU here, who lost to Florida State, who is playing excellent right now. And so now you got you got you got all kind of little different teams or things that's happening that, that that's not what the college football norm was. The involvement of teams yes. throughout the
2: year yes. too because we see Oregon right now really putting it to Colorado. Yeah. 21 to nothing here. Uh, We had talked about that, that uh, I didn't think Colorado could win because I don't know if they have the horses uh, up front to go up against a team like Oregon. No. And, and Herb, they got the Taj Mahal there. Yeah. I mean, it is as great a facility as you will ever walk in if you go to University of Oregon. Now, Phil Knight can cut a pretty nice check. Yeah, he can. Uh, You know, so... They're getting the, the top facilities, but offensive line, defensive line, I thought that's where they had the big advantage. And you don't have Travis Hunter, uh, you know, a, a wide receiver. You know, Travis, man, uh, you don't see too many guys like that out on the field. So there's a lot of, of pressure on Sanders here uh, to make it happen. Well, but what you talk about LSU is funny that a lot of people, not only locally but nationally now, have bought into the fact, hey, uh, after that first game, you know, and we talked about it, maybe the toughest game LSU would play would be against Florida State in the regular
3: season. And I think that's going to turn out to be correct. To touch a little bit on the Oregon-Colorado game. So Oregon is a team that has been, you know, over the past two or three years, has been, you know, loading up to become what they are going to be this year. Colorado was just starting six months ago. So I don't see Colorado beating Oregon today. I don't see Colorado beating USC next week. I do see Colorado having a decent season. Definitely they've already won more games than they won last year, and they're going to get better and better as the years go go by. Now, when you come down to LSU and you talk about that Florida State game, that Florida State game was probably the worst game that they played, that I think they're going to play all season, to be honest with you. I don't think they'll ever play as bad as they did against Florida State And the reason why I say that is because it was the coaches playing bad. It was the players not giving any heart, any— they they looked like they didn't want to be there at a certain point. They felt like—it felt like they were outmatched and outmanned, which I don't think they were. You almost
2: felt like you saw the white towel get thrown in in the fourth quarter. Yeah,
3: I remember, you know, Rocky was like throwing the towel, throwing the towel (laughs) with with Apollo Creed. You know, I'm like, something's going on here. But, uh, you know, like like, like my sister Brenda would say, hell, we got to do something, man. (laughs) And so this is where we are right now. We got to do something. And so I think that's what happened. I think these guys went back that week before Grambling. They said, "Okay, guys, we don't know who that was, but let's turn the tape on. We're going to watch it on Sunday. And then on Monday, we're going to burn it because we don't want to see it again. But what I will say is that at the end of the day, I think LSU has an opportunity to be really sneaky, sneaky good and make going to the SEC, win the SEC West, and also have an opportunity to beat Georgia if Georgia makes it to the SEC championship. Now, look, we're, that's nine games away. I will say that. But what I am saying is the way that college football is unfolding today is I don't see in who's in the West that has the talent that LSU has, that has the experience that LSU has. I don't, I don't see it. I just don't see where they have the quarterback play. I don't think that anybody in the West is going to be able to compete with LSU.
2: Another thing, too, we talked about uh, in the SEC East, and as much turnover as Georgia's had. Uh, and, I mean, most of those guys playing in the NFL today yep. uh, is that, ma'am we, we didn't know about Tennessee. Man, Florida beat the stew out of them last week. ATN's still running right. uh, the football. Yeah. Uh, and they played a real physical game against Tennessee. They blew them up. I mean, ATN, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but did he have some holes to yeah. run through? Yeah. My goodness. That that thing opened up like the Red Sea. Um, and Tennessee, when they had
3: some chances, they, they, yeah. they, they spit the bit. They didn't take advantage of it. And that's the thing. You know, again... Just like tonight at LSU-Arkansas, they're playing for something. They're playing for the Golden That's League. right. And last week, you know, Tennessee and Florida, well, that's a rivalry that goes back many, many years, and it's not a, a fun rivalry to be in. Not if you're it's, Tennessee. It's, it's blood, it's blood, <laughs> blood, and more blood. You know what I'm saying? It's till the end. And so and Tennessee doesn't have any team that can compete with or players that compete with. Florida right now today or last week, let me say that. It was all Florida. It was Florida's time, and everybody was talking about how Florida wasn't as good. Well, they showed Tennessee. Well, I think a lot of people said that because they saw Graham Mertz play
2: quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that was a big part of it. Herb, uh, man, he was shaky, but I I give it to him. Last week. He played uh, well. He played played a real solid game. Inspired football. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, man, ATN and that offensive line, they controlled everything up front. We're going to be finishing up here on our Gulf Coast Bank & Trust Tiger tailgating show live from Acme Oyster House in Baton Rouge, 35 Perkins Road, and come on out and visit us. We have great uh, drink specials, tremendous food, hospitality, got a lot of people here, so come on by and visit us right before the LSU football game. We'll be back to finish it up here on our pregame show, and then we'll be throwing it to Hunt. And big fave and Brandon big fave. right after this message is here on the Big 870 <laughs> WWL. We're finishing up here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show live from MACME Oyster House right here in Baton Rouge, 3535 Perkins Road. Come on by. You can watch the game here. Also get food right before the game, maybe a drink or two. Uh, also want to thank uh, Map Construction. Map built,
3: build beyond. Herb, the one thing you want to take out of this game tonight? Is I want to see the continuation consistency that we played with last week tonight. I want to see 40-something, 50-something to 10 victory. That's what I'm looking forward to. All right. That'll do it
2: for us on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. We're going to throw it to the Louisiana Radio Network, LSU Radio Network. Hunt, big fave, and Brandon's going to take it over. That's right